podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Nakita Korov, the Russian Nightmare here, and you watching Stu's Wrestling Podcast. You better tune in every time it's on, or I come looking for you. Shetoita. <laughs> You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Welcome back, my listeners and viewers. It is episode 95. I had a bit of a hiatus, had about a month and a half off the show but I'm recharged and I'm ready to give you the guardian of chaos big daddy the GOC has been in the business since 1984 when he began training in wrestling by 1992 he was managing people and he's gone on to manage over 25 WWF WWE Hall of Famers in that time Outside of wrestling, the GOC was in law enforcement for many many years he went on to bounty hunt with Dr. D. David Schultz. We've got some great, great stories. And he's even appeared on Jerry Springer. He's appeared on many, many TV shows over the years. But yeah, Jerry Springer, I got to asking him about that. He is also a two-time Wrestling Hall of Famer in the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and the Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So without further ado, my guest all the way from the East Coast of America, it is the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy. Enjoy. My guest all the way from the good old US of A for episode 95 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. We've had a little hiatus, about five or six weeks of no episodes, but we are back and I am back with my good friend, the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy, Hall of Famer inductee 2019 in the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and also the Paradise Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame of 2020 class. It is an honour and a privilege to have you on the show today, mate. Stewie, it's excellent to be here on your show. It doesn't get much better than Stewie John Palmer. Hey, listen, I have a lot of friends over there in the UK. I have a couple of buddies that roused about down in Wales, my friend. So I just want to say that to say this. It's truly an honor to be here on your podcast. We have a lot to cover, Stewie John Palmer. We can go AEW. We can go WWE. We can do the independence. We can talk Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling. And that's right. I live here in the United States of America on the East Coast, Stewie John Palmer. I am between the two largest metropolises on the East Coast of the United States. Everybody out there in the UK and all over the world, they've heard of New York City, a.k.a. Nueva York. I live 45 minutes from the border of New York City, and on the opposite side, about an hour and 20 minutes from Massachusetts and two hours, two and a half from Boston. I am at the busiest intersections and crossroads of life and the world of professional wrestling. It doesn't get any hotter, more dangerous more ominous and chaotic than the Northeast section of the United States of America. So UK, I'm glad to be over, brother. You're ready. You're absolutely ready. Now, I want to go back, way back to 1984 and your start in pro wrestling training. Because I know you've been around the business for many, many years. But the origins of your career, your start, how it began for you. And I know the wrestling world at that time, the business itself was totally, totally different. I know that's a bit cliche, but it was, wasn't it? It was a total different beast, wasn't it? Wrestling back in well, the 80s. It, it certainly was. Stewie, that's what's known as the golden area, era. Now, I'm going to go back and forth between shoot, semi-shoot character, but I'm still going to keep it as the GOC Big Daddy because I tell it like it is. And there's three types of people in this world, Stewie John Palmer. Those who don't know what happened, those who wonder what happened, and people like the Guardian of Chaos that make things happen so i will bounce back and forth between character Absolutely. one thing for sure is it's going to be entertainment personified with the goc and of course stewie john palmer fans if you're not listening 
whether it's all over the United States or it's all over the UK or any country in between. If you're not listening to this podcast, I don't know what the hell you're doing. So back to the question at hand, Stewie. I started off, and I, I don't want to give up my tender age yet, and I want to give a big shout out and thank you to all the fans, because if it wasn't for the fans, none of us in this world of professional wrestling, entertainment, podcasting, whatever it is that you want to call it would exist. It's the fans that make us who we are, whether it's Stewie behind the mic or the guardian of chaos here as his persona and gimmick, the person that I am. We get back to the training and jumping back to your question. I started training. I went to Kenny Passarello's Quest Gym, which is in Orange, Connecticut. And if you're not familiar with Connecticut, again, between New York City and Boston, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, you're right there in the hub of the United States. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a hotbed of professional wrestling in this area, Northeast tri-state new england this is the home of titan towers we are literally 35 minutes as we sit here stewie john palmer from titan towers okay so it's not that rare for the goc to be lurking around the building but we know that there's a lot of competition in aew we're going to get on to that and this is what i do stewie you ask me a question and i don't get to the question until i have other questions before you even answer <laughs> the original question that is absolutely fine. But this is how we circle back around because I always come back and I tie it up like a little bow, uh, Stewie. 1984, the trainers down there were Tony Altamori was one of the original trainers. And he's from the tough Tony Altamori, the Stanford stopper, worked for the WWF, was part of this, the Sicilians and the tag team with Captain Lou Albano. So that's how go. Now, he had a facility again, Kenny Passarello who was Mr. Light Heavyweight USA at the time in the IFBB and the world of pro bodybuilding. They set up a ring right there. It was supposed to be a pugilist, a boxing uh, gym, but it was a, an all-over training facility where they had the boxing rings, which they got rid of, a professional wrestling training ring, and then your regular weights. The people that were at this school were all legends and ended up being jobbers, which you would call an enhancement talent now mm -hmm. in the old WWWF. Now, we're talking 1983, 1984, 1985. This is the genre that we have gone back to. At that point, I'm 21 years old. Uh, I'm in my second or third year in college. I was jacked. I was in great shape. I was competitive in bodybuilding. A lot of my friends at that school, Stewie, and here's the trainers besides tough Tony Altamori. He was down there with his nephew, Rob Altamore, who never really went anywhere in the business, but was his right-hand man. And Tony would sit outside the ring at, at Passarello's. Now, Passarello owned the gym. Basically, it was his ring. If you Google Kenny Passarello, you'll know who he is. Mario Mancini was one of the trainers. Absolutely. Dave Barbie, AJ Petrucci, Seth Cohen. Those were that was the core group of guys that were down at the quest when Tony Altamori was there. Every one of those guys went on to work for the offices in New York City because back then it was New York City. Okay, now th those were the guys that went to school. Later on, other guys that have floated through there. Everybody from Doctor D, David Schultz to Tony Gurria to the Wild Samoans. Uh, it, there were so many different workers that came through there. But one of the most incredible guys, and I segue into it now because i still work for him today and that would be pretty paul roma when roma showed up at that wrestling school back in the 80s and mario mancini who was the owner of paradise alley pro wrestling and, and he was one of the main trainers down there at time at the school uh, they, they're the owners of paradise alley and he'll say it best paul roma is one of the best pure athletes to ever step inside a professional wrestling ring that's where it all got together in 84, Vera Passarillo's quest. And Mario, who ended up working from 1984 to 1992 in the WWF, WWE, he was one of the head trainers. And the company was based in Stanford, although they had offices in New York, they had offices in Toronto, but everybody came through Connecticut, Stewie. Mm -hmm. They were all at World Gym. They were all living in Hamden, whether it was the Samoan Dynasty 
this they were all training there because that's where the home office was and let's not forget the strongholds in northeast you had madison square garden in new york city you had the new haven coliseum in new haven connecticut you had the hartford civic center in hartford connecticut you had up in uh, providence you had the big civic center in providence rhode island you had boston garden right there in boston and not too far over the border there was toronto maple leaf gardens in, in canada where they always had the home office for the WWF. So that's where it all started and all started right here in this area, the rich tradition in the hotbed, which goes on to this day in the independent circuit and where AEW and WWE are drawing their talent from. So I started off there. We'll, we'll get back to the questions, Stewie. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. No, you got you got to tell me the background and the history. <laughs> but that's the history, uh, uh, Stewie. So I went down there uh, and I started some training. Now, the first couple of days, like I said, Mario and all the veterans of the WWE, back then, it's not like it is now, back then in the golden era, if you were in good shape, even if you weren't, but you can get in there and work your ass off and you could show the guys that were training even the jobbers, because let's face it, you had your superstars, but it was the jobbers that were making the superstars look good. That's why it's not an insult to lose. It's not an insult to give somebody the rub or put somebody over. Some of the best workers in the business were jobbers. Now, a lot of people take offense to that. I take that as a compliment. And I wasn't a full-time worker. Here's my career. I was a pro wrestling manager in 84. I was 21 years old, 20, 21 years old, just turned 21, was in great shape. As I said, went to the bunch of my buddies, my roommates were already working for Vince. Okay. I was going to university right here in the Northeast and a bunch of my buddies were all going to the gym. They were football players. They were athletes and they were going down to Pasarillo's Quest. And if you were good enough, Mario will take you to TV. How do you think that that's how they did it back then? But you had to be qualified because you get in a ring, Stewie, and you didn't know what the hell you were doing. You didn't shut up and listen. You didn't show respect or you got out there and said, I could do it. Hey, Stewie, Stewie asks the GOC, hey, 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 GOC, can you wrestle? You want to get in the ring? Bring your gear. So I saw it with Stewie. Stewie's in the main event. Hey, hey, GOC, I need somebody. You got your gear. You go in there and before you know, no, the guy doesn't know what he's doing. You're in a wheelchair. You're paralyzed. People think this is fake. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. Really, what these guys do is like being a professional stuntman. I don't have to say that. And if you've ever stepped into a ring, yeah, okay. I guess you can learn a couple quick maneuvers, but man, are you going to feel it. So I went in there in 84, and I got my ass beat from pillar to post, Stewie John Palmer. I was, oh, and then I don't want to sound like Hulk Hogan, who said he was, you know, 6'9". He had a back and knee and neck surgery, and now he's 6'4". I don't, I don't want to be like that. Uh, but, but back then, I, I don't know, 6'1". Six six I was probably 240 pounds before I ballooned up to 330 as the manager. I was in great shape. Now, I had some injuries. I didn't let anybody know on. No one needs to know. Whatever. I was in great shape. I was the cock of the walk, so to speak. So you go down there, and you see all these guys, some in shape, some not in shape, some like Paul Roma. And they threw you around and they made you beal and Irish rip and bounced the ropes and worked the ropes until your ribs bled, chopped you until you had blood coming out from the welts from the inside out, just picking you up and body slamming your stewie. Get up and do it again. Bang. Get up and do it again. Bang. All right. 20 Irish rips, whips from the side, uh, 50 beal tosses out of a corner. And that's what you had to do. And that went on for hours. This is the 80s. It's not like it is now. And if you didn't land the right way, shoulder blades, bolt like martial arts, feet flat, not no part of your ankle, you were all done and do it repeatedly, repeatedly. And I'll be honest, I walked out with my tail <laughs> tucked between my legs. And, and they, you know, it was the, and at that point, you know, I had done a lot of martial arts. I hadn't gotten into my career yet in law enforcement. I had bounced in all the local clubs. I was used to dealing with roughnecks and hooligans. I mean, you know, I was no one to be trifled with, Stewie. You, you weren't a punk, but you, you didn't take any guff from people. That's what I did for a living. But, man, to be an athlete and to be able to take that bump after bump after bump. And remember back then, Stewie, they did it to weed out the soft. Mm -hmm. 
if you it's you know it's a lot of concept and a lot of different things it wasn't hazing okay let's let it but they put you through the extra rigors because if you just weren't man enough to take it your body wasn't up enough to take it they want to weed out the guys you're either serious or you're not now i was serious and i was in great shape but i had injuries and had too much pride and I wasn't going to tell anybody and the first time i mentioned it now we go back to 1984 is when I started my training. I didn't mention it publicly until 2019. I broke my back. I broke both my legs. When I was 16, 17, I was in a bad accident. I recovered from it. I was in a body cast, couldn't walk for a year and a half. But that wasn't my excuse three, four years later because I had bounced back from it, thought I was great, was in great shape, and that may have held me back. So I walked away from it after a couple of weeks. I went back to show them they didn't totally beat me between my legs. But let's face it, they knew it and I knew it that physically I wasn't tough enough at that point, pun tough enough, to, to make it. And, and that's what happened. And on from there is when I went into the Department of Correction, Mario and, and Paul Perez and Big Dave Paradise, a.k.a. Steve Tracy, Pretty Paul Romo, who now all own Paradise. They all went on to the WWE. They all went on to WCW. Mario was there. Uh, pre uh, got stretched out by Orndorff, Bundy, DiBiase, whoever pre WrestleMania one, two, and three. Roma was in WrestleMania three. Power and Glory, pretty wonderful. Four Horsemen. Paul Perez is a second generation grappler who worked for Vince in in, in the early nineties. Big Dave Paradise, who is Stewie, he's every bit of six six, about four hundred twenty pounds. Stands up to those. That's what Paradise Alley has now here in Connecticut. But to my thing, those guys all went on to do what they did. I went into the DOC, Society's Worst, protected this country, protected the community, and, and made sure that people did heinous, bad things, were held accountable for their actions, treated men like men, like how I want to treat. I don't give a shit what color you are, where you come from, what you did, what you look like, what your religion is, your political viewpoints. You know what that means to me, Stewie John Palmer? Do you ask me? Tell me, because I got to hear a Not a fucking thing, Stewie John Palmer. I go by how you treat me. And I go by the character of who you are as a man or a woman. And that's the way it works. Now, I'll even give you a benefit of the doubt. But if you cross that line, Stu John Palmer, not, not you personally. <laughs> I love you, man. I'm in the UK. We're in the UK. Listen, I got coffee. I got Red Bull. I got coffee. We're in the UK. Not you, Stu. I love the UK. <laughs> uh, but that's how I lived my life. And then I was a bounty hunter for a long time. Dr. D. David Schultz, I worked for him. I worked for the high courts. And I learned a lot about people. And I learned that in order to get respect, you have to start with respecting yourself. And, and once you do that, you open up other people's minds to respecting you. And, and that's really what it's all about in this life. And we've gotten off somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where we are, but we've gotten off somewhere here as, as humans and, and, and the word respect, which we take seriously. So I went on into that career, but the story gets interesting. So I'm going to take a, a deep breath. Let's do it. Take part of his show for a second. It's okay. fine. No, you carry on. You carry on. We have a lot. To, we have a lot to cover. Yeah. Now, who are some of your former guests? As I take a sip, I've, I had Del Wilkes. Such a shame that we, we've lost Del. But what an incredible, incredible guest he was. What an incredible man. Just sharing that um, hour and a half, two hours with him. I, I speak, you know, fondly about him. Uh, he, he was incredible. We spoke after. The, the show, you know, every couple of months. And uh, yeah, just, it was so sad when we lost him. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't appreciate what he did in the business. And, you know, had it not been for injuries, his WWF run would have been even bigger. You know, he was taking on Bret Hart, wasn't he, for the title. And uh, I said to him, like, it was such a shame he had the issues he had. Uh, but open book, the man was an open book. You know, he'll tell you as it is, as you like to say. And he was incredible. I'm trying to think of some other guys. Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. One half of Paul and Pete. Incredible. Incredible guy. Uh, I've Let me so tell you a little many. Del Wilkes. So many. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, were, you were so impressed by Del Wilkes. He touched yeah. my life as well. Uh, I never... Uh, I'll give you a little funny story. And then we could talk about... It's funny that you talked about Bret Hart. We have a similarity and a connection there. You're talking about Del Wilkes. We have a similarity and connection there. And then you just talked about Booker T. We'll get out to how we have a similar connection there. Stewie, this is something. 
Del Wilkes, I met through uh, Avi Klein and, and mm -hmm. doing my work on the WWAB and, and through the green room. And then his show Unmasking the Truth. Uh, and I got to, was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to speak to Dell and interact with him several times throughout his show. What a man, what a person. Yeah, he had his demons, but at one food, drinking, drugs, whatever it is, a, a, a relationship, sex, I don't care what it is. Before we judge someone, we first, that's the biggest thing. Okay. And then you have to worry about what you've done before we start judging and bashing people. Mm -hmm. And Del Wilkes was a man of Lord, a man of faith. And whatever we did in our lives, that is something what we're all about as human beings. And there was none better of salt of the earth than unmasking the truth with Del Wilkes. And my interactions with him and the day that he passed, a bunch of the guys down uh, from the green room, which I was associated with at one time. What an opportunity of a lifetime. And that's how I met Dell. They had all called me because they couldn't get in touch with each, with each other, with each other. So I'll always have that in my life and just Dell as a person long before I ever met him. And here's the caveat, the funny thing. And I was able to ask uh, uh, Dell. It was so humbled and honored because he was such a great guy. At one point in the early 2000s, I was fortunate enough to manage against and take a couple of eye pokes and bumps from the Patriot Tom Brandy, mm. a.k.a. Salvatore Sincere. Now, yeah. I asked Dell that live on the air, face-to-face -face like we are. And Dell, he was a little pissed about it. But, hey, it was no big deal because the original Patriot, Dell Wilkes, he was that kind of a guy that didn't really hold the animosity. He did all, all his work in all Japan, WCW. He had his little run in the WWE. Mm -hmm. Del Wilkes was a man of the Lord and faith and knew what he was as a person, all American at South Carolina. I mean, just as a man. So he didn't really hold anything against Tom. Apparently, Tom might have uh, bought the rights to it at some point or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was well known that he was throughout the New England Northeast area, Tom Brandy, a.k.a. South Sincere in the WWE. And then the Patriot, uh, they looked so similar physique-wise. And I, I will say, I like Tom. I loved Dell uh, from what I knew about him and my interactions. But Tom Brandy, to my face, and as a person, the Patriot South Sincere, many times, he was always a pretty much stand-up guy, I got to say, Stewie. And that, again, the back to my point of that's, that's how we are as people. <laughs> so a, a similar story. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you some more. I'll tell you another guest, actually. You know you're saying about the jobber, the enhancement guy? Another fantastic guest I had on. Great career, deserves more than he gets. Barry Horowitz, Mr. Technical Barry Horowitz. Aha! He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, fantastic. He, he was another, another episode. I learned so much about being trained by the Malenkos, you know, coming through. Uh, you know, like you said, training was so, so different back then, wasn't it? You know, all you guys well, that went through it. Barry is a perfect guy to talk to. Uh, I never met Barry personally. I certainly never worked with him. Although, Stewie, uh, I'll throw a little bit of information. I've been in the ring or across the ring with over 25 WWE Hall of Famers. And if you throw in TNA and just name guys from young lions to future stars to current stars, it's probably 50 or 100. I've been so blessed and fortunate. Amazing. But to talk about Barry Horowitz, I, again, uh, my cohorts around here, Mario Mancini, Paul Roma, Paul Perez, uh, they know Barry very well. You know, throw Brian Costello into the mix because he's very close with Paul and Mario. And the only correlations and when they see each other is Barry Horowitz was such a stand-up guy, mm -hmm. such a good man, a good person, a guy that you could talk to, and a guy who's obviously tough enough to take it. So from what I understand, from what I've heard, without meeting the man, and you know, it's always tough to do that, uh, I hear nothing but good things about Barry Horowitz. So that sounds true to form to me, Stewie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like Stand-up guy, just genuinely like lovely person. We even spoke, he, he's a, he was a big fan of the Royals here in the UK. He likes all the Royal side and all that. So we, got, <laughs> we, we even got him, we even got that. And he, and he goes, uh, we could talk about this for a cup of coffee. And then he goes, in your case, a cup of tea. <laughs> a cup of tea, a spot of tea. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, in, in the end, Stewie, like I, I, I've been saying, the common denominator is, you know, you know, we're all the same. And you talk about Booker T uh, uh, back. We just came out of 
two nights ago, three nights ago on, on the 25th of September on Saturday, we had Diesel Mania 5 for Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, uh, which is like our WrestleMania. Uh, in the past, we've had Booker T there. We've had Diona Perrazzo. We've had mm-hmm. several big names, the even current stars like Richard Holiday, the IWA heavyweight champion, MLW from the dynasty, the whole nine yards. Uh, TJ Crawford, who was just in front of 20,000 at for AEW at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Waves and Curls has been on AEW Dark. Uh, you know, just all the different guys, the miracle generation, Stewie, of the, these gentlemen from Paradise Alley who are 19, 20, and 21 years old. Kylon King, Dustin Flash Waller, and then Sean Onyx, uh, uh, Sean Knight, and Jay Onyx, the Haven. These four men who are at that age, that's a la just a few years older mm-hmm. than the legendary Cherry Gordy, who started when he was 16 from the fabulous Freebirds. These men are in the mold of your Adam Coles, your Lucha brothers. What's going on? You know, the jungle boy, Luchasaurus, what's going on in AEW that these gentlemen are burning up the scene here. Uh, if you do a little of your homework and it's unbelievable before we get back onto my career, we, I hope you had enough tape because we could bounce all over between who I work for, who I've worked with, the current product. There's no better time to be an insider, a smart, a dirt sheet, a mark, a fan, whatever it is you want to call it, opportunity, a much-needed viable alternative. There is no better time than now. As you can see, my cameras are with 25 feet below the surface of the earth down here. In the, <laughs> the Wi-Fi is crazy. The camera is crazy, but it works for now. Usually it's dark and... Uh, you know, but I had a lot of good experiences. But that's what we're, we're in a revolution right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> in more ways than one, Stewie. In I, more ways than one. I can't, uh, the thing I can't be doing with, I've spoke about it. Uh, the, look, the, the internet wrestling community, the IWC. IWC. I, when they start bemoaning the product and stuff, like my perspective, I'm like, don't watch it. Don't watch it then. There's a lot of, uh, this is this is wrong, that's wrong. They couldn't, they couldn't write wrestling uh, you know, they couldn't produce television week in, week out. I think it's a fantastic time, but it, you know, regardless if it's independent level, you know, you, you brushed, uh, you talked about uh, MLW there as well, you know. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Impact, so good. Listen, so I understand, good. Stewie, that Impact doesn't get the numbers. And I'm going to say that to say this, because I tell it like it is. It's not always about the numbers. I get the demographic 18 to 49. I get back when I was a man in my 30s, we were getting four, five, six million people per show in the Monday Night Wars. But we're headed back there. Vince does not like what's going on before we transition back to the local. Mm -hmm. He does not see himself, Pritchard. They're going to get everyone involved. They're going to band together. You're going to see the new word of the day is the hot shot booking. I listen to my certain podcasters, whether it be JD from New York, 206, probably one of the best in the IWC. People don't like him because he's rough. <laughs> he's around the edges. Uh, but yeah. he does tell it like it is. A lot of people listen to the to the wrestle culture. and a lot of There's a lot of different product and stuff out there. A lot of people talk about Jim Cornette. But let, let yourself be the eye test of what you know in your generation. Like you just said to refer to you, there is no right and wrong, man. No, man. Enjoy is, it. I, 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 Enjoy can't it. Stand, I can't stand when people are butting heads, rightly or wrongly. They're allowed their opinion. Uh, people are too quick to start. I, I've come out of a lot of groups on Facebook because some of the stuff that's going on, man. Uh, but, you know, uh, Pro Wrestling Elite fandom, fantastic group. I've been no, I, I, I know you because they, they won't have it they won't have anybody yeah have an opinion but don't stop, don't start bashing the people you know jack reynolds is involved he's obviously uk as well good good guys yeah, jack, good, good man, guys good man. we follow each other yeah and just the groups don't have to be like that. and and it's just really nice and refreshing to go into a group all right jack might feel a certain way and then i'll put my point across but we never like you know fall out over it um, it's it's the way it's the way society is these days. So it's not just with, with wrestling. You know, everyone's quick to start on one another when you don't necessarily have to. Well, uh, over over here in the states, you know, uh, Mondays you have Raw. Uh, it, it was also an elevation, I believe, on YouTube. Tuesdays mm-hmm. tonight you have NXT, you have AEW mm-hmm. Dark. Tomorrow's AEW Dynamite. 
A Thursday impact is in there somewhere. MLW's now on Vice. Fridays is SmackDown and AEW Rampage. You have your occasional Saturday, and of course, uh, whether it be the four times a year of AEW or 12, 13 times a year of, of Vince and the WWE, you got pay-per-views. I mean, is it plus, whether it be Fight TV, Title Match Network, IWGT, all these different groups and streaming services right now, YouTube, the whole nine yards, Twitch, Facebook Live, it really is unbelievable. And there's no better time if a couple of these groups and I'm talking about Ring of Honor. Don't get your shit together and get some sort of TV deal or step up your 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 social media game. You're going to fall by the wayside, and that would be a tragedy to lose it. And, and to my original point, because we jot, we're ad lib, yeah. we're organic, and that's why Absolutely. I was I came on your show. Is that reason? But you know, impact is another one too, and it's not always about the ratings. You have to put asses in the seats. But if you can't get out, pandemic or not. And do what these other companies are doing. Yeah, you're going to stay alive. The Indies will always flourish. There'll always be a territorial system, just not like how it was back in the day. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough go. But if you're good right now, they will find you. What is hot in the UK? Is Walter still the man? What's oh going my days! WWA well, UK. We- we got a question on uh, Big Fight Weekly that I do for Powered 4. As you can see, my background there, Powered 4. Great on-demand company. They've got, hundreds, well, I'll say hundreds, they've got 40, 40 promotions now on-demand. Wow. Uh, UK, UK. Uh, they've got Chicagoland from America. Uh, there's, a, there's a few from America now. It is, it is incredible. Uh, and now, obviously, you know, post-COVID or, you know, full-throttle COVID, the shows are running the shows are running, and uh, it was it was flourishing from 2012 onwards. You know, prior to all this, that it was incredible. Uh, Progress was leading the charge. Obviously, Progress is now on the network. Uh, ICW up in Scotland, fantastic promotion on the network, um, it, and it and it just helped. It just helped all these other upstart companies, and uh, now, you know, let, a lot- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Seeing seeing that we're talking. Uh, same mindset, but different geological locations. Mm-hmm. Who are, and again, I don't want to put you on a spot because we talked pre-show about this, that we wouldn't really do this because it's tough it's to do fine. in any it's genre. Fine. It's I want to know, I want to know from your perspective, because I like to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be interviewed. I like to have a conversation. Absolutely. You're the, perf- you're the perfect guy for that. Give me, if you would, before we get back on to, 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 to throwing my story out there, who are your fans, your fan base, uh, the folks over there in the UK in that general uh, geographical area, who are the names that are moving the needle, whether it be your product, independent product, worldwide product, which is what maybe we should go with. I think um, Ricky, uh, Ricky Knight Jr., obviously the Knights, you know, massive family pages, family who was in WWE. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. just had a match with Osprey at Revolution Pro. Uh, at, at the Osprey's going to be here. Uh, he, unbelievable. He, he's exclusive to Rev Pro over here. Obviously, he's got his contract in New Japan, hasn't he? Uh, but Ricky Knight Jr. apparently hung with Osprey the whole match. I've seen clips, and uh, Ricky Knight's only 21, and uh, they've been touting him for a few years. Uh, now. I remember They're- seeing him in the documentary. Yeah, he is going to be, is, you can tell, uh, he's something special. Uh, by the time he's 25, the world's his oyster, I think. We're really going to see. Uh, I need to watch the full match from Rev Pro. I'm going to wa- watch, I've seen clips here and there. Uh, but he, he hung with Osprey, Big Daddy. He hung Listen, with Listen, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Osprey's yeah. here on the East Coast within a half an hour of where I live. Osprey will be challenging if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to speak out of place. It's out there on the social. Anything that I say is not a secret. You can go out if you do your due diligence and do your homework and you everything's for public consumption. He may be taking on MJF. That I mean that's just huge. <laughs> I I couldn't get over him in uh Cincinnati the other week, the promo to, to Brian Pillman Jr.'s um auntie. <laughs> And, I would have kicked his ass. And the and the and the and the sister, sixteen years and pregnant, and it's just he, he what has would been, you have done? 
Uh, I would have. I would. I would. He probably would have. He probably would have uh, waffled me first. But I would have. I wouldn't have liked it it's if okay. you sent it to my. If you sent it to my wife, but it, it's kayfabe. He keeps kayfabe alive. You know. Yeah, and that, I, I, I love what what MJF is doing. He's incredible. Uh, I agree with you. It takes us back to the day uh, of how it used to be. I'm surprised he's able to get away with yeah, it. Yeah. This I had said on social media uh, on all the different uh, uh, levels that uh, different forms that I'm on that what I saw for AEW the last couple of weeks and what I saw on Arthur Ashe Stadium and the different things that are coming up at Rampage. Coming from a guy now who's pushing, I'm almost 60 years old. Uh, to it's one of the biggest pops. The crowd, whether it was for Punk, whether it's for MJF, the, whether AEW, the product in general, the live crowd. Maybe it's because we've been in the pandemic for a year and a half, almost two years. But I haven't seen that sort of reaction or feeling or rubber pop since the Attitude Area era ECW mm-hmm. days. The Monday Night Wars. Now you're going back twenty something years, and before that, Stewie, I hadn't seen that since the eighties of WrestleMania, where I was twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty five, and had the stars in my eyes and wanted to be on that stage. And then later in the eighties, while I was a corrections officer in in my fifth, sixth year, and in my late twenties, being able to travel with the Samoan SWAT team, the Samoan Dynasty, meeting and hanging with the Road Warriors and Lex Luger and Sting and and, all, and Michael Hayes and learning so much from those guys and Doom and Jack Victory and meeting the Steiners, especially Scott Steiner, before he was even in the business, before I made my official debut as a manager in mm-hmm. 1992. So that's what it reminded me of. We haven't recaptured that, Stewie. I'm not sure what demographic you fall into. Are you in the 18 to 49? Are you... Are the fifty plus demo I, god I, like I, I am? Don't think, I don't. I don't. I don't think they need to classify us. I don't think you know the geo. The GOC like doesn't. The, G, the GOC. You don't. You, you, you're. A, I'll call you a veteran. I'll call you a veteran of the biz. We don't need to. There's no need for demographics. You can sit there. You, you, your grand, your grand, your grandma. You know your nan if they're still alive. You know a lot. A lot of grandparents used to watch it. You hear from you know guys. Especially seventies and eighties when they were growing up, and uh, it's 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 exciting again, you know. And it's I just I just can't wait to see what's gonna <laughs> what you know what's gonna happen with NXT now they've you know rebranded it, they've done the logo out differently. Vince has got his paws on it a little bit more, which I didn't agree with. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what they what they do with NXT. I mean, uh, Steiner's um, you know Rick's son looked incredible the other week, oh. but then. Wait, wait. Saying, Ron Breaker. Right. Why is everybody hung up on a name? Does it really Just, matter? We know we know who he is. He's got we a single. He he's got a single on like his uncle and his dad wore. He's got the bright colours. All right, he was matching with the logo that first week. But what what a way to start! Also, LA Knight, two matches in one night as well, and he put him over in that well, in that first. I, I, I think LA Knight's about to be buried, Stewie John Palmer. <sighs> But he's what a talent Eli, you know, what a talent Eli Drake is. Oh, he's an extreme talent. The mic the mic skills, the mic skills are incredible from him. But (laughs) it's just there's so many guys out there wanting the spot. For me right now, at my age, and and you know, I follow the product because again, Paradise Alley is a current product. Absolutely. There's guys uh, that are currently, like I said, work from MLW to AEW and and Richard Holiday. Is the man Matthias mm. Dinapoli? If you Google those guys, especially Richard Holiday, you'll know who I'm talking about. I do and know. Of course, that. we're you know we just came off a of Diesel Mania Five. Our heavyweight champion is Matthias Dinapoli. Our tag team champions are the Haven. It was the House of Pain. Uh, we have Vlad, the 400 pound monster. Uh, the list goes on and on. The Kylon King. Uh, the list in the roster for an independent group that are around here. We'll go to other independent groups that are around here from House of Glory to Northeast to all different groups. You Google them and you'll see them bringing in the big mainstream stars. There's something about the Northeast Tri-State New England area that brings in that star power. It's not just the West Coast. It's mm-hmm. not just London. It's not just places in the UK, the big spots overseas and in and, and, and Tokyo and, and in different places. 
This is where it's happening. This is the epicenter at times. And when you see a lot of these stars, whether it be a Deanna Perrazzo or Taya Valkyrie, I can go on and on of guys that, and gals that come from this area of mm -hmm. talent that make it to the big time, uh, whether it be a Sasha Banks, all the way back to Killer Kowalski, that come from this area and have made this place and this area truly like being and living history stewie john palmer in our industry it really is and the local independent scene here is like none other in any part across the country and the independence first there's over a hundred promotions in the new, new england northeast area and if you're a solid worker you can mm -hmm. literally you know evan ginsburg the movie 350 days which is a must watch Hot uh, Beyond the Mat, uh, The mm -hmm. Wrestler, uh, those type of movies. Evan was a, was a producer of the movie mm -hmm. The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. You look at those guys being on a road 350 days. Well, if you're good independent, you live in this area, you're on the road 150 days a year. Sometimes you're booked 200 times a year. Mm -hmm. You're making more money in the independence than some of these guys are in the big groups who have signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I, it's mm -hmm. it's it's you can make a living here as an independent wrestler if you're that good. They will find you, and I'll admit it from my day to your day and every day in between, it's gotten a little more political, but not in a bad way. You got your boys, you got your clique, you got people that are honest that will vouch for you and you're talented, you're a stand-up guy, a, a man of your word. You got a good chance to make it, bro. You really do. People will look out for you. It's not an easy life. Who, who do you think in AEW, obviously they've had, everyone's had exposure. Who, who's a guy in AEW you can see going going up, you know, high in the stratosphere as such? Is there somebody, wow. I know there's, I know there's many uh, and I know you wouldn't want to be playing favorites, but yeah, maybe. See, I, 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 I have nothing to lose. I, 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 okay. I can play favorites. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, right, that's fine. That's fine by me. That, that answer's fine by me. Yeah, just some guys, maybe, you know, lower mid-card level now, but that could be world champion or uh, television champion, yeah, TNT <laughs> champion, should I say. Stewie, I've heard you say this before. Uh, I've, I've listened to your show before. I've seen your guest. You always bring on a, a good show and you're informed. Uh, a lot of guys across the pond are not informed on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> AEW is building stars. WWF, WWE used to build stars. AEW is building stars. They're making guys, whether it be the Lucha Express or Lucha Brothers, even the ones that were established before, they're making guys into names. And it's a beautiful thing to say. Someone like a Wardlow. Uh, you know, I think they could use someone like a Cajun Archer a little bit better. The big men are kind of getting mm -hmm. shit on. But look at the guys like the Lucha Brothers. Look mm -hmm. at... Uh, Guys like Hobbs, look at how they've used guys to give the rub, whether it be Sting, Arnie Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Jake the Snake Roberts. They use the veterans the right way. They come in, they give you the rub, they're out, it makes everybody else look good. And then your Jungle Boy, who they're really pushing to the guilds mm -hmm. and Lucha Express and all that. Those are the guys that deserve it. Now, Adam Cole, Miro, I'm afraid that some of the originals may lose their way. Mm. But if you continue to stand out and continue to build that roster, AEW, those are some of the guys. They're building stars. They're having exciting matches. But will they run out of gas, Stewie? Mm. I don't know. Uh, do you know, when they, when, since inception 2019, uh, I'd seen Sammy Guevara independently around America thought yeah you know he's good in ring and all that and i thought this guy i wasn't first on him i wasn't first for the last the last 12 18 months he has really really got me i thinking he you know he's got star quality that lad i really and i was i was saying he i didn't think he had it initially but uh, i really i rate sammy guevara i know they've positioned him at the top end you know top end of the card do you know where sammy's from you know sammy's from this area <laughs> yeah He's from the he's from the New England Northeast era. Something in the water. He just is. There's something and in that water. Local, he's a local hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a local hero. Yeah. And you you are Stewie. That's a great point. Sammy Guevara has turned into one of the biggest stars and flourished yeah. being with MJF and and with the inner circle with those mm -hmm. guys that pinnacle that whole angle. It really he really shined in that, and I think that gave him the confidence 
So, yeah, Sammy Guevara really has turned mm-hmm. into something again. So has Jungle Boy, the different guys that have that have stood out and have come into there. Miro now, I call him Miro still. Uh, I call him different things. He's Rusev. He's back to the same, the way he used to be, and it's just impressive. And you look at the different guys coming in, and I'm big on Hobbs. I look at the WWE, mm-hmm. and I see a ton of talent. Listen, yeah, I, I, I checked mm-hmm. in on the, on the pay-per-view. A lot of great guys, but you can they stick to the same dozen or 15 guys. They run a lot of the same, same storylines. They're changing up. I'm appreciative. I don't bash any company one over the other. Plus, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of other stuff, and I'm involved strongly with the indies, which I really believe in. Christian, Whether it be Christian Casanova, Mercedes Martinez, Deanna Pratt, they're all from this area, bro. It's just unbelievable, Stuart, to see these guys. So that's why the independent scene here is something to keep an eye on. And that's why I stay in touch with Paradise Alley and do their broadcast and their commentary. And we're on Fight TV. It's just a beautiful thing. And it keeps you involved and makes you want to watch the big time and keeps you interested because you know what they do at Paradise Alley is mentor men and young women in life, not only in pro wrestling. And pretty soon you'll see them as a great representative in one of the major companies and it just works. It, it's a beautiful thing. It's about giving back true carpenters, mm-hmm. a la Booker T same concept. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's over here now as well with this, with the show starting back up, I'm involved with a new promotion out of Liverpool. So we've got, um, we've got a show on Saturday. Uh, he, he runs the show about 1230 in the afternoon. Uh, more, more geared to like family side and stuff like that. So uh, the fifth That's show is a good thing. The fifth, the fifth show, uh, Jay, the promoter, has got TNT Extreme Wrestling, which has got quite a lot of buzz uh, around here in Europe. Nice. Uh, but it's more like hardcore style. It's not my cup of tea. I just like a. I've told Jay, I've told Jay, but he's done, he's done damn well with that promotion. He's built up from nothing. Uh, he's had top stars from America here. You gotta give the fans yeah. what they want. Yeah, man. a lot, of, a lot of people love his product. Uh, that the hardcore style, the extreme style, which is great. They've had some great it's stuff. Big here too. Yeah. Hardcore is always big here too, man. Absolutely. So yeah, we've got our show on Saturday. Eight matches on Saturday. So yeah, I'm, I hope I'm you're posting a couple of clips. I hope you're posting I, a couple I'll, of clips. I'll, I'll send, I'll send them to you. Um, I'm on commentary with Mad Dog Mike Angus again. So yeah. Yeah, I was panicking. I was panicking the first show in June. And Jay was just like, be yourself. Just be yourself. Uh, he goes... Yeah, you're good, man. He, he, he's like, he's like, you don't need to. But yeah, I'm, I'm veering towards trying to be like Bobby Heenan. I think a bit of heel. I think a bit of heel. Always got to have on. the notebook. <laughs> I got it. Got to always... It's I got that. You could gear yourself towards Bobby Heenan. I don't have to tell you this because you're a professional. You can gear yourself mm-hmm. towards Bobby Heenan, but give it to Bobby Heenan, right. Stewie, John Palmer. Yeah, Chris. yeah. Don't be, don't be like, yeah. Own yeah. it. Own There's it, only man. one. There's only one man. There was only right. one man who could do Bobby Heenan. Listen, and, and I molded my character, Stewie, and not to cut you off because that's what I do. That's no, what I'm no. Known for. It's fine. <laughs> I molded, no I molded my character after a cross between like Captain Lou, Gorilla Monsoon. Bobby Heenan, Paul Roma, the legendary Paul Roma, who's been in WrestleMania, world champion, said to me the one thing about Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy, and Mario, who's worked for everybody in this business you could think of, has said, we have a combination between Freddie Blassie, Captain Lou, Jesse Ventura, and Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby all rolled into one. And those were my biggest influences yeah. because I couldn't make it as a full-time worker. I found my way transitioning back to my story and debuting in 92 after starting training in 84, being distracted with wife, law enforcement, family, getting back into making my debut in 92. And between 92 and 2008, I worked with everyone from Jay Lethal to AJ Styles to Bodyguard and John Cena to working with the Samoan Dynasty, all those Hall of Famers and everybody in between. And here I am back all these years later and working with Paradise Alley. So how, it's been a journey. We'll be here all day. How how was it for you managing the guys that you've got to manage and, and then the number of years wow. you got to do it as well? Uh, I got paid, paid my dues to begin with, again, like we all do back then. Traveling, not getting paid, not getting booked. It, it was twice as tough for me because I had to agree. To, people had to agree to let me work with them. That was the toughest part. People have to agree to let me work with them. As a worker, you're booked. 
you have a manager. Now you you got to work with me, man. So I I'm very blessed and fortunate and humbled that so many good people, so many talented people agreed to let me work with them and trusted me with their bodies. And then in turn, I had to trust them with my body because I was the type of manager. I've probably taken the most bumps out of any manager in history. I was a manager that always got whacked two or three times, whether it be through a table, steel cage, bleeding, the whole nine yards. I've been involved in all barbed wire matches because that was my character. I was a big guy, usually bigger than most of my workers, but I got to manage Rikishi, Yokozuna, the Bushwhackers, Sergeant Slaughter, King Kong Bundy, the Iron Sheik. I mean, the list goes on and on to current guys today. I mean, I'm so blessed and fortunate again. The, uh, Terry Funk, Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, Jerry King Lawler. I mean, if we name drop, that's just names that people know. If we get the guys that you and I would know, we'll be here for five days. Again, <laughs> so blessed and humbled and fortunate to work with guys from yeah. WWE, WCW, ECW, NWA, AWA. And I've worked for over a hundred different promotions myself. I'm in multiple Hall of Fames. Hope to get into more. Sure and, you know, you not looking to be relevant or get a job, but still want to give back and have fun and broadcast. And I enjoy just, I don't go to any shows. I don't go to any of the big time shows. I will catch it on TV because I appreciate the athleticism. I like to see the young guys that I helped steer towards it. And I help out Paradise Alley. If you ever saw the movie with Terry Funk, Sylvester Stallone and Lee Canalito called Paradise Alley. That's where you understand where Paul Roma and Mario Mancini and those guys got the name from. And if you ever want to get someone as a guest, Mario Mancini's one hell of a guest. We should have him on here someday, Stewie. And Absolutely. Bring, Absolutely. Un, un, unbelievable. So just to briefly, we transition to every different thing before we get back to what the fans want to talk about, which is AEW and WWE, not me. <laughs> but that's, that's my, my career. And again, been around a long time, blessed, fortunate. To have the memories, the relationships, the brotherhood, and to be able to give back is the most important thing I would ever love to be remembered for. In the meantime, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, having a good old time putting my putting my old stuff out there with all the legends. It's a lot of fun, man. It really is, Stewie. I loved it. <laughs> I loved. I loved it when you coming out with Bundy. That video. I, I assume it's at one of the fairgrounds. Was it one of the fairgrounds over there? Maybe or was that, baseball that was stadium. Wa it was at a baseball stadium in Wapakoneta yeah. Falls. Uh, on that show was Mick Foley, uh, Kamala, Dusty Rhodes. I got to work with. I was with Bundy and Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, it was unbelievable. It, it, yeah, to work the stadium tours with different groups. It really was a lot of fun. And one of my better moments, not only working against Yoko Zuna and Jake, the snake and tag team several times, and you know, the Dudley boys for the NWA tag team titles a couple of different times, but to be able to tag with Umaga and Rikishi and then do the two cool dance, brother. Mahalo, <laughs> brother. That was one of the highlights of my life. It's the only time I've ever, I'm usually a heel. The only time I've ever, ever been faced was with Umaga and Rikishi back in the early 2000s against the Haas brothers, of all people. Good stuff, man. <laughs> so, so much, so much. I mean, so many stories. As you say, we could do, we could do five, six hours and still not scratch, <laughs> scratch the surface. I love it. Do I like about you as well? Humble, humble. And that is what people need wow. to be. I know, we, I know it gets said time and time again, people coming in even now with the wrong attitude, you know, feeling they're owed something. Uh, I, I learn a lot from you guys, the veterans, you know, just be humble and respectful. It's, Everyone... it's funny that you should say that, Stuart. I want to relate a, a quick story uh, about thinking who you are and being bigger than the business and be living your persona and thinking you're too good to work with someone or you didn't get the rub or you didn't make the poster you know, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, you know, I felt that way at times myself too. Like maybe you were short-sighted or maybe you didn't make the poster. Or you didn't get to work with the talent you think you deserved or where you belong. You didn't get the rub. Well, you know what? You're wrong for thinking that because it doesn't matter who you work with, where you are on the show. Be happy that you have the canvas to be able to perform. Mm 
help sell tickets, set up the ring, break it down, be proud of who you are, get your friends to come see you and support you, be proud to be your gimmick and who you are, and help people and give back. And if you don't learn that, and you didn't learn anything in the business, you know, and I remember saying to myself at the peak of me being a manager, again, I was a very successful manager, made a lot of money and, and have great memories. And I remember saying to myself, and I even told my wife about this story. At one point I said, really, I got to work with him again. I said it to myself, thankfully, I was at least smart enough to do that. I said, really, I got to work with these guys again. And you know, we went out and we had the match of our life and I got some decent publicity and I took a couple of nice hair shot, chair shots, got busted open was so appreciative and I sat there and said to myself like this afterwards I said okay I said so you better look in the mirror I said this was in the middle of my career the high I said who the hell are you to ever question who the other talent is or whether they're good enough or you belong there or they belong there who the fuck are you because you ain't nobody man you were lucky you were on the spot and you should be thankful and humble that that person agreed to work with you and you're going to question whether you, that's a piss poor attitude. And I see a lot of that. So I just want to relay that even guys like me in my area, we get it. We're all humans. We make mistakes, mm -hmm. but you got to learn from those Stewie. And, and, and I see you nodding. So I, I know I'm glad you, you agree with me. I, I, and if you I didn't, that would be great. I listened to I listened to the guys on it. It was even uh, just going back backwards a little bit. Uh, we have a guy over here, Dean Allmark. He's wrestled uh, over twenty years, well respected. And uh, at the first show, the stage wasn't set fully, so it was like the raised stage area. And it was before the show started. And he's trained a lot of these young kids that are coming through now. And um, I just didn't even bother saying hello because he had like five or six guys before the show hanging on his every word you know they needed advice and stuff like that and uh, it was just lovely it's just lovely to see how humble he is after his you know years in the business uh I, I was just looking from afar and i spoke to him at the end of the show i said i wasn't ignoring you it was just you were busy with the with the talent with the wrestlers with the youngsters like uh, it's just lovely it was just lovely to see i was taken aback nice it's it's nice when you see respect and get respect you know i'm around a lot of younger guys, uh, you, you know, being involved with Paradise mm -hmm. Alley, guys in their late teens, early 20s, middle 20s, guys with egos, guys that look great. And, you know, some will say hello to you most because Paradise Alley trains them that way. Can't speak mm -hmm. for everyone, but they will come shake your hand, introduce themselves. And you know what, Stewie, the type of guy that I am, it's the type of guy that I am. I don't care. I've been in, in and around the business 30, 35 years. I don't care who I've worked with. For the most part, If and I did it this past weekend to a young lady who happened to be near the locker room, and she was sitting by herself while all the boys were yucking it up. I got up, put my shirt on, I walked over, and I introduced myself to her mm -hmm. to make her feel comfortable mm -hmm. of being in this locker room. I didn't realize she was with one of the boys, but I thought she was a worker. And I just wanted to say, I, you know, all the guys, I just want to introduce myself. I've never met you before. And she was so appreciative. Mm -hmm. And even her old man, who I know very well, but I didn't know they were together. <laughs> you know how that goes. He <laughs> came over to me. He, he, he said, chaos. He said, Big Daddy. He said, thanks for saying hello, man. And she said that made her feel good because all the guys mm -hmm. were on and a couple of the gals hadn't yeah. gotten there. I said, dude, I just, it's just way, the way we are. Yeah. Right? We're family. Yeah. And you got to try to give everybody respect. And even though you don't know me and you may be a young superstar because we had a few of them there that night, one night in front of 20,000 and next night you're in front of 150. I go up and I say, Hey man, it's nice to meet you. And I introduce myself and I usually don't give my real name. You know, we all give the work name because it becomes habit. But see, even some of these guys, if, if they're treat me that way, I'll, I'll even give the, the real name to them. We'll do the, you don't have to do the work. So, and that's, that's about respect, man. It's not just about wrestling. Got to learn from something this from Stewie. You mm -hmm. got to apply this to life, I mm -hmm. believe. We're all having fun as long as it stays fun, you know? And that's why I've retired and gotten back more times than, uh, I don't know, Michael Jordan, Brett <laughs> <laughs> Favre. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you I, I appreciate it. Man. You love the business. That's just that. And that's the, that's the main it's thing. It's part of me. Whether you're part in it. 
whether you're out of it for a bit, you know, it's uh, it's lovely. You know, it's a nice story that as well because I, I there's some guys obviously on the roster I don't know. Uh, so you know, I found it quite hard. But then there's a couple couple of the guys I've got to know. I knew I knew some people previous. Uh, it's busy. It's busy pre-show. Do you know what I mean sometimes? Uh, but etiquette. I did. I am. I am trying with the etiquette because I listen. I listen Very to what important. you guys say. You know, uh, if people are busy, they're busy. I, I leave them to it. You know, if there's time, I'll. I'll uh, but you know, I'm. I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly but surely with the etiquette. It's new to me. It's Stevie, new to where me. do we follow? Where do we follow you on social media? Let the fans know because you might get an extra person or two to watch because I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> One, maybe two. Stu's Wrestling Podcast um, on the Twitter. I think you can find it. I think it's at at S-T-U-I-E-P-1 on Twitter. In Instagram is Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Do you know what's funny on there? You can't you can't put an apostrophe on. I don't <laughs> know why. So it says it says Stu's Wrestling Podcast. What what's the issue with Instagram? I don't get that. You know, um, and then. Stewie, Stewie John Palmer on the Twitter and then the Stewie's Wrestling Podcast page, which has got quite a decent following as following goes. I was, I was quite surprised. Like, nice. So, you know, little little clips here and there. Uh, probably too I many clips. That, too many clips to some days. Yeah, well, we're all guilty of that, but you have to use social media. That's the way mm-hmm. of the world. That's how a lot of people get out get out there. I believe in it, even to continue to have fun, what I do in branding and for learning. All the students and people and wrestlers and workers trying to make money should do this to brand yourself. Me personally, uh, you can see me on Twitter. That's at Big Daddy G-O-C. And the G-O-C stands for the Guardian of Chaos. If you hit the profile link, that'll knock you over to the Guardian of Chaos on my YouTube channel. Hundreds of videos throughout the years. I've got 70 or 80 podcasts on there. You can follow me on Instagram, and that's at uh, Guardian of Chaos Big Daddy. uh, Listen, I'm everywhere. You can even follow me on Facebook, my good buddy, buddy and my second persona. Jay Brony, that's right. J A Y Brony. Brony. How about that for a name? And then, of course, <laughs> there's the real me, a Protigio Fidelis El Guardian. And remember, they're all the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy, because you want to follow me. You got to have, if you don't have one for your persona and then one for your persona, then you don't know what you're doing on social media. <laughs> That's how you promote yourself. I didn't do a very good job of promoting that. You, you've done it uh, personified there perfectly. Absolutely. I want to ask before we go. Sure, Jerry, i got plenty of time. Jerry Springer, being on Jerry Springer, because I've seen a clip and, a, and like when you sent some information over, I was like, yeah, it triggered me. Yeah, he was on Springer. And like Springer, Springer had a following worldwide. We used to get, I'm trying to think which channel covered it. Ricky Lake as well, which is discussed. That used to be on the old <laughs> channel for the Montel Williams show. They were all on. We used to get them all. We used to get them all. But yeah, being on Sherry Springer, how was that? It, it's funny because uh, uh, at one point I traveled with ring announcer from AEW who worked in a WWE. That would be one Justin Roberts. Yeah. And I'm even mentioned in his book, uh, WWE Best Seat in the House. And that's by Justin Roberts. And if you go to chapter four or five, you'll see that I got Justin Roberts, the Iron Sheik, Anthony from the Pitbull, Sweet Destiny from WCW, a couple of adult film movie stars. We all made our way through the producer, Toby Yoshimura, who saw us uh, wrestling out that way and in different videos to come on there as guests. So, and I'm going to be honest, Springer's been on forever. You know, he gave us uh, different storylines and I was on there to be big daddy to promote the clothing line. And, you know, we had to sign an agreement and got to hang out at the Crow Bar in Chicago and the House of Blues and got to go hang out with the Sheik in the dressing room. And boy, those are stories that maybe for another time with the Iron (laughs) Sheik. And I ended up uh, uh, being on there as big daddy. It It was a great role. It was a work. And it was to promote myself and my character as the Iron Sheik and the uh, the Pit Bulls from ECW fame and so on and so forth. And it was they treated us great. Hotel, airfare, food, had a good time. Jerry's a great man. Steve Wilkos is an unbelievable man. It was a wild scene. This is the early 2000s, right when Springer was in its heyday from the late 90s to the mid 2000s when it was absolutely crazy. We had a, 
a little rumble, me and Steve from uh, from Jerry Springer, me and Steve Wilkos, uh, chasing the, the guy I knew. He was wearing underwear all the way into the streets of Chicago. Uh, you know, we even ran into Dennis Rodman at the MVP room at the Crowbar. And that's another story for another time. Oh, my days. I'm going to have to get you back. I'm going to have to get you back on. So many uh, stories. I got to tell you the story about sitting in the limo with the suits and somebody rolled out one of those rolled up uh it's <laughs> another story for another time, Stewie. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry Springer was a lot of fun. I ended up getting a lot of my friends on there. It got me the rub with Justin Roberts, who I knew very well through the World Wrestling Zone, and we worked for the AWA Superstars together at Super Clash. It's all tied. We could we could do two shows, Stewie. But thank you for bringing that up. I know it's brilliant, <laughs> Springer. <laughs> You've done so much, man. And yeah, just uh, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Just honestly, a regular guy, man. Absolutely, Retired. I feel great. Yeah. Down to earth, down to earth as well, thank man. You. That's that's a that's a you know amazing quality to have. And uh, yeah, just thank you for sharing some of your story. And I will get you. <laughs> you will be coming back on. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because there's just so many branches off things. Isn't you know, we there, could you know? go everywhere. This is, this, oh, my days. I got to tell you, this is what we do. When we get on different shows, yeah. uh, we end up going off onto different things. Because let's face it, we all, whether it's Stewie John Palmer, whether it's the fans listening, whether it's the guy listening on the podcast, or whether it's me, we all have a story to tell. And if you're willing to listen to it, you'll find that everyone is an entertainer. Everyone has a story to tell. Like George Costanza said it in Seinfeld, it could be a story about nothing, but somebody's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> My guest, all the way from the good old US of A, is two-time Wrestling Hall of Famer, the God in the Chaos, Big Daddy, TV star, movie star, podcaster. He's done a lot, this man. This man has done a lot, and he's been around the business for so many years. Top respect, much respect to you and what you've done, sir. I appreciate you coming on today on Stu's Wrestling Podcast for the 95th episode. We're approaching 100. Can't believe it. Stewie, thank you so much. I want to thank the fans across the pond. Keep listening to the Guardian KF. Follow me on social medias. And if you're not listening to Stewie, I'll either kick your ass or I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> thank you, you brother. Need, you need to listen. You need to listen to that, what he's telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you their way. <laughs> A big thank you to Powered 4 TV for putting the episodes up on the on-demand service there. Big thank you to John Scott and Rich Crowhurst for all the support. Really appreciate it week in, week out. Nothing's ever a problem. Also, we're doing Power 4 TV, Big Fight Weekly, the MMA and Boxing Show with my cousin, Rich and John. I've put on these first. It's been fantastic with that. Thank you to Chris Dutton again, as always, for the superb editing. I couldn't do this without him. And fantastic job once again. Thank you to Mike Angus for the intro, as always, to the show. You can find the Stew Dressing Podcast merch at WrestleMerchCentral.com. There is loads of stuff, lots of different items that you can get. Mugs, hats, face coverings, t-shirts, hoodies, even the new varsity jacket with embroidered Stew's Wrestling Podcast logo on it. Big thank you once again to Dean and the team for listing my products on there. Great work, great work. And we will see you soon for the next episode of Stew's Wrestling Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.